going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema. Episode 246, where tonight we're going to be discussing Dear Evan Hansen and The Starling, which is a Netflix original. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. I'm Roger Stillian. What is up, Roger? How was your week? We're, we're, we're flying solo, by the way. It's just you and me today. I mean, us flying solo isn't actually a thing. We'll be flying duo. Well, but we are a co-hosting team, so us as a, as a so team. We're like a couple. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we're a podcast couple. Sure, sure, sure. Well. How was your right. week, man? What did you, what'd you, what'd you get into this week? Uh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Doing a lot, a lot of work. A lot, a, lot of, eh, a lot of work lately for me, so that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's always good. They, you know, they pay me money for that. Yeah, they pay you money. You do things for them. That's generally how yeah, work that's, goes. You know how work service is. So if you're doing work and not getting paid for it, one, you're an idiot and a sucker. <laughs> Don't do that. I remember when I was at Marquee, and every t- you'd be you would just have me make nachos for like four hours at a time, and I would just get so livid and fed up. But you'd love it. You would just love it. I mean, nachos are delicious. They are. Speaking of which, I had a concession. I have a concession story today. From my experience going to Dear Evan Hansen, which I will talk about involving some delicious nachos. Who's Evan Hansen? You know, Marilyn Manson, that guy. Oh, hey, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah. That guy, yeah. Very different. Oh, that dude. Very different material. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing else going on in your world this week as you get ready for the holidays? Not really. The holidays. Dude, it's, it's like October 3rd, bro. Well, I know, but I mean. <laughs> getting ready for the holidays. Well, okay. Well, Are you one of those people? Hold on, hold on. It's so, October, so it's Christmas. Is that what you're <laughs> Well, okay. August 1st, people start expecting pumpkin spice stuff everywhere. That's, see, that's true. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's actually the pumpkin month now, I guess. So. It is indeed the pumpkin month, pumpkin month and this weekend pumpkin. as I was – as I was driving around, I went by a pretty massive. I didn't. I don't remember where it was. I did, however, find it interesting that I drove through Grayson, Georgia. Oh, which it was. It's, they it's kick you out. It's a small. No, they didn't. But they're, I'm the one person they probably can't kick out. But it was established. I saw the sign established 1901. So okay. unfortunately, it predates me. But oh, just a bit, huh? Just a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, small population, but very pretty, picturesque town. Uh, I saw one thing I did see. They're they're doing like a I don't know if they're doing on a baseball field, but just a bunch of people with like looked like a carnival type thing. It looked look kind of cool. Did you stop by? I did not. I was on my way to go do something else. But ah, I got you. It was it's a nice little town with this still has the old America storefronts. You know, I'm mm-hmm. talking about like a hardware yeah. store. Like you know, I'm exactly what I'm talking like about. Main, like a Main Street USA kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For like several blocks, and like one was a hardware store, and one was like a "we'll fix your bike" store. And they had like a, they still have. I didn't know. I didn't know they still existed. I swear to God, you! I thought they were all extinct. Computer repair shops. Wait, really? Not they, like a Best Buy? No, no, no. It was just like Not a like Geek Squad store. It was. A, it was a computer repair shop, but in the picture was a computer with a with a sad face because it was broken. Like I just like. Oh yes, wow. of course. That 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 makes perfect sense. But those still exist. I had no idea those still exist. Oh, no, I mean, listen, those people must be doing gangbusters then, because they're probably like like every computer in the world has to go there to be fixed. All of them. Oh, oh, trust me. I think I was in Loganville. I don't think there was from from judging from where I was in Loganville. I don't think fixed. I don't think there was a Best Buy within a hundred <laughs> miles. But I could be wrong. I mean, that's that's tractor country, man. No, that sure. Is, tractor country out there that's you know as soon as you get outside actually the just even like 20 miles outside of atlanta like it gets really rural really quickly i actually hung yeah. out with uh, my wife's cousin from atlanta last night so there you go yeah he's in town back uh, back visiting his family up here so we sat around had some uh, had some scotch and 
made fun of other people. So that's, oh, yeah, that's that, that. That is what you. That is a, that's an evening with Roger Stillian for sure. It was nice. Is. There was bad scotch <laughs> and there was good scotch, and there I you left go. a nice warm belly. So I mean, scotch, 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 scotch in my belly. Remember that song? In my belly. <laughs> go down the hatch. Old uh, Ron Burgundy. That's, Ron, uh, we're on the air. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> He's, yes, good. we're on the air. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, no, stop <laughs> kidding. God, speaking, speaking of a sequel that really sucked. My oh, goodness. God damn it. That movie's awful. Uh, you know so, what, movie, what part of that movie actually sticks out for me in my mind? When he's blind and he was like, I'm blind. I ate pennies for dinner. I cooked them. And the guy's like, you didn't know there were pennies? And he just stops and goes, but I'm blind. God damn it. <laughs> Like you, you just didn't stop eating them. <laughs> God, blind, God damn it! Oh man, humor was like funny in 2004, but they learned it wasn't in 2013. Whenever that came out, no, nah, it could have been so much better. I agree, and it should have been, but alas, it was not. But all right, listen to us ramble on and on. This is episode 245 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday. At 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. As always, and without further ado, let us hop into the box office with, no surprise here, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, bringing in a domestic, Roger, I'll have you know, a domestic 90.1 million, bringing its worldwide to 103.9. Very quality that's a good number i'm very happy we, we get that number we will talk about that one next week as you and i are both very excited to do adam's family 2 18 million domestic bringing its worldwide to 18 now as a note adam's family 2 is available to rent on itunes amazon youtube and something else and so i can't remember google the thing play. Is google play. okay google play so it's available to rent for 20 dollars. now that, that that may seem steep but if you have kids once I don't, pay is, that, it, is it available to rent or buy? Oh, I, don't, like I, said, I don't know. I don't know. Man, it is storming like a mother. I see lightning every three seconds now. Oh, my goodness. Nice. Good. Uh, so that is uh, – Adam Family 2 is available. It's not doing, I guess, the song theatrically, but I'm I sure mean, it'll do – 18 million is a good number. I'm sure I mean, it's doing great, though, digitally. I'm A movie like that, people have kids. Wow, you hear that thunder? My goodness. I did hear that, actually. Oh, my goodness, Roger. And I'm over 1,000 miles away. You are. <laughs> I know. Uh, so that's Adam Family Two. We're we're not gonna. We might, you know, I might watch, try to check that out, and give it a few minutes. But I just there's a lot coming out this week. Well, we're probably gonna push that into what the week after Ooh. when we only have no time to die. That's right. So we have Bond, and we'll maybe do Adam Family Two. Yeah, now, as a note, you you really enjoyed the first Adam's Family. I did. I liked it. It was clever, um, intelligent, and I and I think I mentioned this last time. I think it was. Um, better because it was animated because you didn't have to try to um what's the right word like real world physics oh, yeah you didn't have to try to like put it into like real world scenarios so i get that that's, yeah, I, that's I enjoyed it it's above average if you got kids it's very watchable very serviceable film so. all right number three shang chi and the legend of the ten rings an additional six million bringing this worldwide to 386 
point nine million. Buddy, I hear that, uh, dude. I know. I don't know how to. I can't quiet the earth. Yeah, so. I can't quiet the earth. <laughs> Figure it out. I would hope to. I, I was hoping that movie was going to break the four hundred mark, but I don't. Sadly, I don't think it will. Eh, probably, probably run out of steam. But good run for it, though. That's yeah, a hell of a run for. That's a hell of a run. Yep. All right, the many Saints of Newark coming in at number four, five million domestic, bringing a worldwide of seven point three. Not a great number. However, it's important to note that that's also available on HBO Max. I bet you it's doing gangbusters on HBO oh, Max. Oh, I'm, I'm Remember, sure HBO is. is where, because this is this is a Sopranos movie, you know, and HBO is where Sopranos lived for years and years and years. So, Oh, I'm sure it's it's doing all right on HBO. I'm sure it's been viewed a million times, if not more. Yeah, all I'm right. excited to watch it. Number five, the other movie we're talking about this week, Dear Evan Hansen, $2.5 million, bringing us worldwide. My goodness, to eleven point eight. That is such a weak number for two weeks in the box office. Jeez. Hey, what is, Marilyn Manson. Hey, Marilyn Manson. I think you and I watched two very different movies, but we'll talk about oh. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh indeed. <laughs> All right, not a strong start for Jerry Evan Hansen. However, I'm excited to talk about it because I think you and I are going to have pretty very different views. But I think we're going to we're going to arrive at a similar score, just a, a different way. All right, let's take a look at current and upcoming releases. Now, we are in October, so this is officially starts the, the holiday lead-up. So this week, The Addams Family 2, Hotel Transylvania, Transformania on Amazon, The Many Saints of Newark, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Those are all theatrical and one on Amazon, which is Hotel Transylvania. October 8th, No Time to Die, a small movie you may have heard of. Sitting there all by himself. October 15th, Halloween Kills, The Last Duel. October 22nd, Dune, or better known as Roger, give it to me, you cowards. <laughs> give me Dune, you goddamn cowards. Uh, also with that Dune that week is Ron's Gone Wrong. October 29th is Last Night in Soho. And November 5th, starting off strong with The Eternals, followed by, again, Clifford the Big Red Dog. That's a weird one. Kaiju. Yes, Clifford the Big Red Kaiju, indeed. Um, number, November 12th, Red Notice which is a Netflix movie. And then we have on November 19th, Ghostbusters Afterlife and King Richard, which I, I okay. Think Richard might be good. I think King Richard's going to, I bet you King Richard's going to sweep the Oscars this year. I have a sweep feeling. the Oscars. Wow. I just. Praise. Look, I love that you didn't say like would be Oscar buzz or Oscar worthy. You're like, sweep it. All categories. I just, Every time I watch that trailer, I am reminded. Like, not that I need reminding. No one needs reminding of how good Will Smith can be when he's in his yeah. A game. Listen, this is Oscar bait for sure. I don't know about <laughs> sweeping the Oscars, <laughs> but Fair. Okay, I, okay. I expect it to be quite good. Okay, I, I, I may have spoken a little too optimistically. You may have, little, you may have over-exaggerated yourself there. But Got man, he's just, he's up. scary good when he wants to be. Holy yeah. mother. And that's okay. November 24th, which is Thanksgiving Wednesday, we have Encanto, House of Gucci, National Champions. Oh, House of Gucci. Did you see the trailer? I did. That's kind of a big cast, though. That's a huge cast. That's awesome. Yeah. This is going to be a very strong November, December for movies. And then we end. Oh, and nothing says Thanksgiving like Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City movie, which, by the way, hold on a sec. Okay. By the way, I have to... Did you know? So do you know? Not necessarily who's in it. Now, are 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 you familiar with the Resident Evil franchise at all? Yes, of course. I feel, I'm feeling you are because you're around my age, and we all know the the origins of that game. So I mean, I'm as familiar with the games as the somewhat 
overly shitty movies that they put so, out. Well, right. But this one's different. I'll tell you why. Because uh, Kea Scaldario, as she was in the movie, what was the Crawl, movie? Crawl, baby. Yes. But she is Claire Redfield. Robbie Ooh. ML is Chris Redfield. Ooh, Hannah, right. Hannah John Kamen is Jill Valentine. Okay, I don't know who that is. You don't know who Jill Jill Valentine is? No, no, no. Oh, the actor. Okay. I was like, Neil McDonough is William Birkin. Tom Hooper is Albert Wesker. Now, Avon Yogia is Leon Kennedy. Donald Logue is Chief Irons. This this ring, like, okay, and Marina Mazapa is Lisa Trevor. These These are all characters from the first two games. Okay. That's and good, right? None of them Lisa Trevor, for example, she is an integral part in the first game in the remake on the GameCube. She's part of the Trevor family or the Spencer Mansion. She's part of the family that was originally there. She's kind of a clue to the whole puzzle. There's no way that they're so they're combining the first two movies in some weird way, which I don't like already. I just think it's weird. Brad Vickers, um, played by Nathan Dales, he's of course the pilot that gets killed in the beginning of the third game. Uh, Annette Birkin is cast. Uh, Richard Aiken, Sherry Birkin. It, they're doing some weird. I don't know what they're doing. I like the fact their characters we finally know instead of making all these movies, the characters we don't give two shits about because they're not part of the game. But I don't know. It's gonna be weird. But I'm, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a watch. I'm a huge okay. fan of those first two movies on PlayStation. Huge fan of the Tank now, Trolls. You you mentioned something to me before that we either neglected to speak about or neither one of us knew about until you know this week, I guess, about the uh, the Sony deal with Netflix, right? Yeah, Sony has a pretty big deal with Netflix. With so a lot of their PlayStation movies now. Uncharted is also what wasn't mentioned in the in the article, which I, I'll find a post on social media this week as part of our news. I think a lot of people will find that very interesting. Is they mention Uncharted, the Uncharted movie, but they don't mention Resident Evil. So part of Sony's Sony Pictures Movies division aimed at creating creating content for the big screen from their games from their game division is has now has a partnership with Netflix, which. You know, we've we've talked about some Sony things, animated things lately that went to Netflix, which now makes a little bit more sense. Sure, um, I guess been quite, a, quite a bit of that lately. Well, M- Mitchell's versus the Machines was kind of an anomaly to me because, like, that would have made great money in theaters. But now probably I know that was, that that was probably a good way to get this deal started. Yeah, was you know Mitchell's versus the Machines. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. One, it's gonna one month theatrically, and then it goes straight to Netflix, which is interesting. Very which interesting. is. I think a bold move by Sony, but we'll see if it pays well, off. Especially if it's a large enough movie. Now, you said it didn't mention anything about the the Resident Evil movie coming up, but you said it starts like their deal is supposed to start in 2022. 2022. This, yeah, this movie will out be out before then. So, well, of course, but I mean, well, I think I think that's what matters. That means everything basically, you know, their video game franchise related after that should be available in some form on Netflix after at least a limited theatrical run, which... Which I think is probably a good move for Sony. Um, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole Sony doesn't play nice with other with the other major video game companies, but, I mean, if they all have one thing in common, all those companies have fans that sure. love, you know, that love the franchise, that love, the, you know, want to see these games made into movies and... I feel like that, that that's a good move for them to make because it's it's going to help, you know, maybe bring a better light to Sony than, um, not say Sony needs it. Sony doesn't certainly doesn't need me defending them, but yeah. it's a good move. More people seeing more content is never a bad thing. 
So that's that's pretty cool, though. I thought I mentioned that because I just saw the cast. I'm like, what the hell? This movie comes out of nowhere. Like, this is the movie they should have started with in like well, two thousand one. We don't. Do we have a trailer? I haven't seen anything about one. I have not seen a trailer yet. No. Interesting. I think that's also very interesting. But well, listen. I'm remember. I'll, I'm advocate of one and done for the trailers. So now I also get listen. The longer they hold trailers, the sketchier it gets for that. I agree with that. Sometimes yeah. they don't show trailers because they think the movie's not so great. Yeah, but I mean, that's all. My, video game movies, I think, are very different. As you and I, well, as, as you and Chris on. have discussed, like I don't, I don't want to be the 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 dark cloud over that discussion. But remember, most video game movies are shit. So. I 100% agree with you. However, you still have people that enjoy them. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I love the first Silent Hill. I, I'll watch that anytime it comes on TV. I think that movie is pretty damn good. Except for the last twenty minutes, just ruined Except everything. Except for the end. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the movie leading up to it is pretty good. So good. You know what the worst part of this? The conclusion. <laughs> the, the nice bow wrapped around the whole thing, supposed to make the most sense, just goes to shit. All right, that's enough. So that's your current outcome releases. This is going to be a big holiday. Um, I started seeing. You know, I was on. I was watching uh, YouTube before I was going to bed, and I saw. I literally saw an ad for Top Gun. May 2022. Yep. Like, my goodness, they're already advertising for May 2022. Yep. Holy crap. That is just mind-blowing to me. Yep. And as a little side note, the theater I went to to watch Dear Evan Hansen, the large cup, which I got a large drink, had Top Gun marketing all over it. So they already had them? Jesus. So I'm sure they made the decision. I mean, they, they made the decision pretty late in the game. So all those cups and stuff that are already made and printed – is that, just, your, you know. is that your story, your concession no, story? No, 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 no. Okay, no, I was no, like, no. damn, that's not really a story. That's just a throwaway anecdote. No, 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 no. All right, let's take a look at what's streaming this week. We are focusing in on Amazon. And as always, we always recommend The Vast of Night and Sound of Metal. Both those movies are excellent. very good, excellent movies. Sound of Metal is a, is a multiple Oscar winner, so definitely check that one out. And The Vast of Night is just a damn good movie made on a hair string budget which is very impressive always <laughs> budget that movie costs less than my goddamn house <laughs> well it was 700 and some thousand your your, your house is more than seven hundred thousand dollars. don't question me okay fair um all right the first movie that i think you should check out on amazon the last of the mohicans just i mean a movie that needs no introduction by me director michael mann daniel day lewis madeline stowe russell means eric schwig as uncas jody may stephen waddington west judy and maurice roves as colonel monroe who it's important to note, I was a big fan of his, has just passed away recently. Oh, I didn't know that. So check that. That, that movie is, I mean, man, you're talking Daniel Day-Lewis in his prime in one of the best movies he was in. So that movie speaks for itself. All right. The Great Raid by director John Dahl, Benjamin Bratt, Joseph Fiennes, James Franco, Sam Worthington, Martin Sokas, Connie Nielsen, if you remember, that is the movie with um, in 2005 that was – based around uh, the raid that was meant to relieve the U.S. POWs in the Cabanatuan camp in World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it because it's not as, when I watched it originally, because it's not as packed as something, say, say, Private Ryan or other war movies at the time. But I rewatched it several times since, and every time I watch it, it gets better to me because of they save all the... Now, I can appreciate action wherever it is and they save it up till the, the it's like the last 25 minutes is, is is all action and it's it's a very well executed raid and just you know i mean that was sam worthington in 2005 
Sam Worthington didn't become a thing until 2009. So, I mean, that's cool to see him as early as, as, as that yeah. was. As a, as a young child. Yeah, and you see James Franco, you know, against type. That was when he, you know, he's in all those comedies, but that that was the same year he did um, The Great Raid. And I think it was January of the next year, he was in Tristan and Isolde. So, I mean, he was trying to do, you know, become like, a, I guess, a, a dramatic, serious actor. Mm. Uh, but he's, he's still pretty good regardless. He's good in everything. And the last movie, Everybody's Fine. Now, Roger, without saying who's in it, do you remember watching Everybody's Fine? No. Robert De Niro, Kate Beckinsale, Sam Rockwell, Drew Barrymore. It's a hell of a cast. <laughs> it is Robert De Niro is a father, and those are all of it. Kate Beckinsale, Sam Rockwell, Drew Barrymore are his kids, and he's visiting all of them, and they all know that their brother David has passed away because he, he was he I think was addicted to drugs in Mexico and just OD'd, but none of them have the courage to tell their dad, and he has to figure it out through these limited interactions with his kids, and it's. It's kind of in a very emotional ending, but after the emotional so, part, it's a great ending. It's a big family rom-com then? Yeah, yeah, big family rom-com. Maybe, maybe I'm getting the wrong vibe from that, I guess. But, I mean, that's 2009, but look, Robert De Niro, Kate Beckinsale, Sam Rockwell, Drew Barrymore, that's a hell of a cast for whatever year. children. Yeah, it's an amazing cast. So check those out. Those are available to watch on Amazon along with many other things. Amazon also has uh, tons of Halloween movies picked out. So I've actually been enjoying myself this week watching a lot of those Halloween movies um, on Amazon that just you can just stream and it's just I I you know when 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 services go out of their way to like set up those little categories like I kind of enjoy that and like I went from one movie to the next and it's just like some of some of those really bad horror movies are really fun I think I watched yeah. one about Nazi zombies which is always fun because you know Nazis are always the bad guy <laughs> yes of course how often do you do you listen to a story where Nazis weren't the bad guy you know. Mm. Indeed. Interesting questions. Indeed, indeed. When in doubt, Nazi Alice. That's what the, my brother said about Hollywood for many years. When you need a, when you need an enemy, just you know, Nazi out. Yeah, you know, it makes sense. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some trailers, Roger. I can bet with this invasion trailer from Apple TV, you are not as big a fan. No. This okay. So invasion. It's a. It's an episodic. It's going to be a miniseries. I don't. Oh, actually, I don't know if it's a miniseries. I, I may have misspoke. It's a regular series. I it's believe. a regular series. It is from the trailer. I can tell we're looking at an alien invasion from the viewpoints of many different people in many different countries. Um, it seems like their response to the Tomorrow War. Uh, it seems like it just seems like a lot of pieces that won't work. Yeah, but I mean, hey, I, guess I, I don't know, but it's Apple TV, so they've had a pretty decent track record. It looks like they put some budget into this, at least. So. That's what well, I'm yeah, saying. I'll is, probably check out an episode or two just to see. I mean, I have the subscription. I might as well use it for everything besides Ted Lasso. Well, that's the thing is I will use, especially now, any, anyone who recommends a TV show to me, I'll, I'll, give it, I'll, I'll give it three episodes without any kind of judgment. And then when the third episode ends, I'll either stop watching or I won't. Well, I hope this is one of the things because Apple tends to do this. They'll put three episodes out for a new show, like all together. You know what I mean? And then it's like weekly after that. Like I'm totally okay with them doing things like that. Yeah, I don't mind going back to the weekly. Now, the compulsive part of me that loves story and just wants to continue it hates the episodic releases. But like with Game of Thrones, man, I can you think of a time in recent history in TV in America where like there was more of a buildup week to week than like Game of Thrones? Mm, no, probably not. I mean, that's just. Always I really else comes along. Now, here's something interesting. Now, recently, 
Game of Thrones has been their Twitter account has been tweeting out winter is coming. Well, they have that new something. Right. So is this is this is this a previous winter? That we're obviously going to be talking it's about. It's supposed to be like a thousand years of before. So yeah, that's I. I was checking out one thing that someone said. Oh, it's probably just a. It's a mistake. I'm like, actually, there's a prequel coming out, so maybe winter is coming. Maybe that's the whole. But like, I mean, there, were, there would have been many winters. Well, let me ask you this: When you hear the term "winter is coming," what do you think of? Oh, Game of Thrones, Night King, bro. Of, of course. Yeah. That's. I mean, I'm really excited for that. I love Game of Thrones except for the season eight. We don't talk about season eight, but. Um, yeah, we're, we're excited for Game of Thrones and the episodic format. Got kind of away from Invasion, but I, with the exception of Sam Neill, I really can't tell you any part of this I'm Sam excited looking for. looking pretty, pretty thick with that like close-cropped white beard. He's looking strong, powerful even. You, you're, you are a fan of, of good beards. Yeah, so I have You one. would have noticed that. That's right. <laughs> mm. My beard so, is where my power comes from. That is kind of on the, on the you know, tacitly excited about kind of for, for, for me, but I'll check it out. Apple has not has not given me a reason to disappoint or to not watch yet. Uh, as for their most recent Ted Lasso, excellent. Hell yes. We'll Only one episode minute. left. So all right, Netflix two. Or sorry, Netflix two. Extraction two on Netflix. So I think Grayson had an erection. I when that was, I stood up and let out a little yelp in my office when I first saw that, and I was so excited because I have been beating this drum. Since the day that came out, I love Extraction. I know you and Chris weren't as in love with it as I was. I mean, Extraction, I it was a very good action movie. Wait, let's let's tone it down. You gave it like a seven and a half. You didn't think it was that incredible. I think I gave it an eight. I think I gave it an eight. I can go, I can go back and check the official you know, the the episode. But I think I gave it an eight. But oh yeah, listen, if there's another Extraction coming, I'm okay with it. And that's as happy as I can be. So the teaser is just pretty much the end of the last movie. Him yeah. getting shot in the neck. Then but laying at the bottom of the river. Laying at the bottom of the river, and then the kids saying, "You don't, you don't come, you don't, you don't die by staying submerged. You, you, you die, or no, you don't die. What was the thing? I don't know. You don't drown by not coming out. You, you, you drown by staying at the bottom of the river and not coming up. And that was just the whole thing. With was that Tyler at the end of that goddamn movie? And we debated that for like thirty minutes on the show, and it turns out it's gonna be. And I'm super excited for that. Actually, you still don't know that. So, I mean, we can assume that's Tyler. Mm. I mean, that wasn't what that wasn't was a background guy just being in the background. That's too. Mm. It was too key placed to do sure, that. Sure. And I'm just excited for elements of that movie to come back into play. I to, look. We all know I have a extraction tube boner. I'm excited for it. Yes, good. Let's yes. let's talk about let's let's not talk about that too much until we get an actual trailer. Now, Nightmare Alley. Roger, what's your take? I mean. Big cast with Del, uh, excuse me, Guillermo as the um, you know producer, director. Weird, probably yeah. is weird, um, but you know what? I'm at least intrigued by it. Like so. most Guillermo movies, you you really you really don't know what you're getting into until you actually sit down and watch the movie, which is fine by me to leave a little mystery. Now, if you watch the if you watch the trailer, you probably won't get what the IMDb description says. And here's the IMDb description. I only, I only read this. I don't usually read this, but usually because it's Guillermo and he can be a little weird. Um, an ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words hooks with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous 
than he is. Is it a carny psychiatrist? Because that would be an incredible combination. I think it is. You know, it would be the first of his kind. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Rooney. Okay, listen to this cast, though. Let's just talk about this cast for one second. Rooney Mara, Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Willem Dafoe, uh, Tony Collette, Mary Steenburgen, Holt McCanley, Ron Perlman, David Strathorn, Strathorn, Richard Jenkins, Tim Blake Nelson. That's a hell of a cast, dude. A cast. That's yeah. a great cast. Um, I bet you Guillermo has like people like, look, dude, I don't care what you pay me, I want to be in your movie. Because I mean sure. Pan's Labyrinth. Um, what's the what's the what's the Guillermo movie that won the 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 Shape of Water? Yeah. And um now here's a question I want to ask you, Roger. I actually couldn't remember your take on this. Which version of Hellboy did you like better, Guillermo's or the newer one with David Harper? Uh, the Guillermo's version. I always <laughs> felt like they screwed him over by not letting him finish his trilogy. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's that one. I, I get why they were, had trepidation about it, but like he laid the groundwork for three movies. Let him finish the goddamn movies. I agree. Then, I don't know why they the took second it. Second version of Hellboy we got. Like I was pumped to get Hellboy back because I think he's a very interesting character, and those comics are incredibly well done. Or excuse me, graphic novels are incredibly well done, but it's a real big disappointment. That movie was. Like a two, oh. yeah. That movie was like a two at best, or maybe a three. I, I may be remembering wrong, but I, I certainly, did, I certainly was not above a no, four. No, it's bad. It's real yeah. bad. Which is a disappointment because Guillermo's wouldn't have been. That just it just upsets me on some level. Of why didn't they just let him? I'm sure there's politics that no one knows. You know, politics in Hollywood are just like crazy politics. I think but, if those movies had come out now, they'd let him made three, no matter. Yeah, what. of course, because he is everything he touches is gold. I mean, he does is damn good. So we're excited for those trailers. I think I'm excited for Extraction 2 most of all, and that's, and that's a goddamn teaser. But, um, yeah, we got some – and trust me, folks, we have – man, it's just – we ought to start doing four trailers each week because there are just pumping trailers out left and right for movies that are coming out. Sure. 2022 is going to be pretty packed with movies because 2020 and 2021 were kind of you know weak and delayed and – you know, but you can expect 2022 to be just movie, 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 movie. So that's exciting. Move, All right, move. Roger, let's take uh, five minutes. Talk about Ted Lasso, where it's at before we get to the season finale. Listen, any <laughs> of you people that didn't like Ted Lasso said it wasn't as good as the first season, and after the last three episodes, you're full of shit. Ted Lasso rules. It has always ruled. I love it. Finn. Ted Lasso is... I can't even... I, I had to clear my throat to get like a proper what Ted Lasso is when I'm watching Ted Lasso I am in a place that I am not often in when I'm watching something I have a grin on my face the entire time you know I often talk about those movies that I can I can tell you like maybe five movies in the history of all the movies I've seen that like have just a damn good cast like maybe perfectly cast and sure. you know like I think you know, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine is one of those casting choices. It's just perfect. You couldn't have done better than, than Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Um, on that same note, uh, I mean, look at Brendan Fraser as 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 the as the guy, the the tomb raiding mummy guy. Encino Man. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, Encino Man. Uh, perfect casting, and I think that Jason Sudeikis is just is just dead on for Ted Lasso. You mean not not uh, Brent Goldstein as uh, Roy Kent? Well, he's also very good, but Ted Lasso. Oh, but 
See, the thing that these last three – well, I mean, I just got caught up on three episodes. <clears throat> the things that, more importantly, this last episode does and the two before it is it brings Ted back into the fold of now you understand why the show – you understand again why the show is called Ted Lasso. The emotionality of this movie – of this show, especially based around Ted, as Ted's things are coming back into focus, other people's things are falling out of focus, which is interesting. Uh, it's it's a damn good show and very well done. I told so. you that I told you that Keely um, Jamie thing would, would would come back into play. I told oh, you yeah. it would. And it comes back and I, yeah, just just watch people, just watch. I mean, do you think that Roy Ken is gonna have a brief tryst with the with his um, his niece's teacher? Nah, I don't think so. Mm. I think that was she was just a catalyst to like set it off though, but just this, just to light the spark. We will find out. And then she tells the other teacher to go to hell. Girl, yeah. the heck, girl the fuck up, Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> she has like a, a sweater that like, would you like a candy cane or Roy? No, he's like, like, would you like a lollipop? He's like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you can tell with his face he just wanted to punch her like in the face. The like the disdain on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and I love when, okay, one of the things that I love that is a little detailed how good the writing is in Ted Lasso is a little bit of background is he's been, Ted's been dealing with some incredibly crippling emotional issues. Oh yeah. And when we finally get to that, he finally, you know, opens up two episodes ago, maybe an episode ago to the therapist of why he has these, you know, his father shot himself. And it just a whole bunch, a whole host of things that just has made Ted. It's a miracle that Ted is as positive as, as he is. And yep. then I love when he's, when she comes back and she's like, "Have you been standing out here the whole time?" Like, he's like, "You're you're dang right, I have been." And, I'm, and it's it's a miracle because I, I have to pee. So they go upstairs and and he's like, "Here, we all we all got your present." Spoilers: it's it's an envelope of cash. He throws it down and just cash falls out. And he's like, "No, hard it is. I've been abandoned by everyone in my life, and you're just gonna go ahead and abandon me." And she's like, "Ted, did you read my letter?" And I love when he opens it up. He's like, "No, God damn it, I'm not going to." <laughs> He gets mad and more mad. Then she's like, you should really read the letter. And he finally takes it out, like begrudgingly rips it out of his pocket and starts reading it. Like you see his face, like he's going to cry. And he, he like, come like stops, like catches his breath, composes up. He's like, that's, that's a really good letter. <laughs> I love it. And, and then he says, and I, and I love this. This is what I, this is what I think is one of the best. He says, you spelled favorite wrong because of course she spelled it. S-A-V-O-U-R-I-T. Yeah, and like, that's just so dead on for Ted. Like that is so on brand for Ted Lasso. It's just, mm-hmm. man, that show is incredible. But folks, if, if you're looking for something to watch, if you have Apple TV, just navigate your crossbar down to Ted Lasso and hit just play. Just play. You'll be, you're welcome. Let's just say that you're welcome. All right, let's, let's start Roger with the Starling the Netflix original movie with Melissa McCarthy. All right, let me get some particulars now. <clears throat> now so while both- Grayson's looking stuff up, I want to premise this with saying both the movies we're going to talk about are extremely upbeat and <laughs> fun to discuss. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't oh, no, choose this. Oh, no, that's not correct. That's no, not, not at all. That's the opposite. <laughs> we're going to talk heavily about mental health and depression and sadness. All right, so... This guy. <laughs> what I want to start with is... From going forward is the the tomato meter and the audience score as we go into just to keep that in the back of your mind. I know I listen to podcasts I'm driving. I know a lot of people do. Just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. If you've seen the Starling, I know it's available on Netflix. It's it's easily accessible, watchable. I'm sure you've seen it. Just so the tomato meter, if you've not seen it, is 20. 20. 
which means Rochelle Patel won what, what that so means. So with a tomato, tomato meter, to get a positive score on a tomato meter, that means a critic has to give it a basically a, a score of five or higher out of ten, or two and a half out of five, whatever star system you want to go with, that you have to give it a positive review. That means only 20% of the people that reviewed this movie uh, critically, um, only 20% gave it a positive score. However, the audience score is 74%. It is quite a divide. Well, but I think, uh, Roger, I have some discussion I want to explore with you that I think might lend an answer as to a possible answer as to why that might be the case. Okay. Let's get into it. Um, let's get into the Starling, the Netflix original. I totally expected this movie to not be my favorite of the week, but again, it's I my my, my plans were subverted. All right, I can't wait to talk about Marilyn Manson in a few minutes. Yeah, indeed. Directed by Theodore Melfi, uh, Melissa McCarthy, Chris O'Dowd, whom I actually love in this movie. Yeah, he's Ke- great. Kevin Klein, <laughs> Timothy Oliver, also great. <laughs> yeah. Um, Skylar Gisondo, who's in a lot of these Netflix things, you know him. He was in, he's been in a lot of things. Um, David Diggs, Loretta Devine. All right. Now let's get into it. Um, uh, the Starling. Now, Roger, why don't you tell everyone what the Starling's about? Okay. So the really short synopsis of the Starling is it's about a bird that is, you know, very territorial and is trying to guard his nest near a garden. Now, that is just a secondary piece that kind of pulls stuff together. What the Starling really is about is about recovering from depression and a massive uh, thing that happened to a small family um, revolving around the death of a young baby. Um, It is deeply emotional. um, It wants to be. It wants to be deeply emotional. It tries really hard to be deeply emotional. And it's about how they try to get their life back together. Because not only did the baby pass away, unfortunately, unexpectedly from SIDS, um, a short while after that, the husband who was already suffering from depression um, starts to spiral out of control and tries to kill himself. So he has been checked into a state mental facility. And this is how the story we get is them trying to put their puzzle pieces of life back together. And usually... I will say that it's not a romantic comedy. This is not, well, I mean, that's funny because of two reasons. A, Melissa McCarthy's in it, and it's really kind of against type for her. Which, I mean, she's been in that movie where she was—I forget the name of the movie. But I may she, destroy you. No, no, no. Was that a really movie, or are you just trying to be funny? No, no, that's the movie, right? Oh, maybe. I mean, well, she was in that Thunder Force, which no, was terrible. Sucks. Yeah, but what was that movie where she um, forged autographs to make money? Do you, do you remember that movie? No, I don't remember. I'm sorry, no, not uh, the I May Destroy is not... What's the one that... She got nominated for something, right? Yeah, I can't remember what what it was. All right, fact check that. But Melissa McCarthy is... I gotta say, historically, um, I don't look forward to Melissa McCarthy movies because I just don't think she's funny. However, I really thought she wasn't bad in this. I thought she was one of the bright spots, actually. Yeah, I think she's fine in this movie. Yeah, she's she's fine in this movie. Now, the Starling. Oh, can you ever forgive me? That's the sorry. Oh, that destroy you is the the drama series. Wait, so can you ever forgive me? That's the one where she forges right. Yes. Yeah, forges signatures and makes makes money that way. Okay, so we focus on a family who's broken, and the Starling, of course, who is incredibly territorial. However, a Starling as one of the, Kevin Kevin Klein. It was a vet, used to be a... 
He used to be a therapist. A therapist who becomes a kind of a personal lateral therapist. Move in life to become a vet- practicing veterinarian. <laughs> um, now, uh, is, I mean, I, I would imagine most people going into this movie have no idea what, I mean, aside of the fact that it's a bird's name, what a starling is, and I didn't either, but he explains to you a starling is a bird who is fiercely territorial and also does not give up. So that's, of course, the parallel we draw between the Starling and Melissa McCarthy. Yep. Um, there's, there, there, now, for my, just while we're on this subject, there's a little bit too much parallel in this for me. Um, and it's not a bad thing, the parallel, but, like, there's a, there's a moment that I want to, later we'll discuss, I think, a little more in detail. But when a bird kind of gets in trouble and gets and has trouble, I don't oh, like yes. that. I don't like that. Back to hell. Yes, I don't yes. like that because that's too on the nose. I don't like too on the nose. I mean... Though it's kind of on brand for this movie, what it's about, I just don't like to be like spoon fed that kind of stuff. I like to be, you know, figure it out, and you know. But as part of the now, why I think there's a huge disparity between twenty percent and seventy eight percent is there are moments in this movie, and Roger, I, I would imagine you definitely agree with me about this is it wants to be Oscar bait. This wants to be a movie that is, you know people yes. love. Yeah. However, I just don't think the elements work in that favor. No, like the the storyline and the idea behind it are, um, you know, they're that kind of things that happen for Oscar bait type of things. Um, the movie just doesn't really hit home. It has some emotional moments because, of course, it does dealing with what it deals with. It just doesn't really ever complete to make it better than average at best. Is that fair? That's fair, and there are so many moments like it. It almost it tries goes really hard. It it, it it almost goes far enough, and then just stops. Yeah, the scene ends. Or now, there are some great scenes. For example, there's a scene between Kevin Klein and Melissa McCarthy that gets kind of heated, but but before it gets to that moment of you remember it, they stop. Yeah, and I don't know why the writer the writer was right there. He was like three lines of dialogue away from. You know that really pivotal line that you probably remember for a long time, and he just they just stop, and it's a shame because Kevin Klein is excellent, and Melissa McCarthy. You know, even though I don't like her, she's good in the right role. She's good, so yeah. I have to say that. So in this movie, I think she's fine. She is, like, yeah, she's great. No problem with her at all in this film. Nothing. Um, just as a quick side note, Timothy Oliphant, who now, if you're if you're <laughs> Timothy, he was hysterical in this. Well. Movie. Because why is he here? Well, he's he's literally in the movie for like less than two minutes on screen. Well, maybe three, maybe three minutes on screen. Um, him and the and the kid that we've seen in a lot. What's the kid's name? You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, yeah Skyler, Skyler Zondo. He's he's in a lot of those comedies. Um, he's really funny. He was in Booksmart. I think yeah, he was in Booksmart. He was in um, the Hulu movie about doing drugs. We've seen him in, in more than just a few things lately, but. I have a feeling that that's how Netflix does things. They just sure. like, oh hey, we need this role covered. Um, Timothy, how about a hundred grand? We'll get you out there. You'll be there for a day. Done. This is one day. I need like six minutes of <laughs> your time, day, guys. Yeah. All right. Cool. Done. Yeah. Who else is in this? Yeah. Oh, I love Kevin Klein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how it went. He's. It's a shame. I don't say he's wasted in this role because he does the role very well. What do you? I think it's hilarious. Like I think it's pretty on point. I love, I love, 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 love. Now, as you can expect, you know, she's going through some things and she is mislabeling everything in the store. Five he cents. Looks at her and he's like, he's like, is everything in the store five cents? She's like, well, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> and then you can tell that, you know, 
it's look on his face like you know any other any other boss be furious but he, the, the look says i understand what you're going through but when you're here you need to get your head out of your ass mm-hmm. and then he rips her name tag off and then holds it in her face you gotta earn this back i thought that was hilarious that was kind of a great way to like relieve whatever tension could have been there and it's just good for you tim the Olfan. that was a good way to do that not that he you know wrote that but the way he delivered it was pretty great yeah it was pretty funny um, so now let's talk about one of the big, I think one of the big problems in this movie is the husband. Now, did we ever find out what the deal was? I don't know what SIDS is. So maybe I should start by saying, I don't know what SIDS is exactly. I probably should Okay, so research. I'll give you the really short version of SIDS. Uh, SIDS stands for Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. It is something that just happens to babies where they basically stop breathing during the night and unfortunately they pass away. Oh my God, that's, that's a thing? It's, Jeez. it's a absolute thing and it's terrible. Jeez. It's, so yeah, it's dark and depressing. So let me ask you this. He So he holds himself responsible and, and you know, that's something that... I don't, a, I don't know if he holds himself responsible but he is carrying that weight on his shoulders. Well, he during one of their arguments... He keeps saying, "I overslept. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get up when I should have." Like so, obviously, he's carrying some kind of burden on him. Yeah, he, keeps he feels guilty and wake up, and he would have saved his daughter. And you know, I get that. Um, I've never had a kid, but I can certainly understand someone who would carry that burden with them. Oh, you would be fucked up bad. Well, we all do that where we just, you know, you can't. You, you. What could he have done had he been there? Nothing, probably. That's what none of the characters said back to him. She didn't say it back to him. The therapist that he's seeing didn't say it back to him. Well, I mean, that doesn't... Well, there, I think there's a reason for that because uh, it doesn't actually help. And I was... Well, I expected the Dr. K treatment. Um, you know, Did you watch This Is Us, Roger, any of the first season? No, of course not. So the Dr. K treatment, the Dr. K syndrome is... You know, of course not. Yeah, that's a great first season. Um, of course not. The Dr. K syndrome is... So Jack and Rebecca, they have three kids. One of the twins dies. But this doctor, who comes back in several of the seasons and is one of my favorite characters in the whole show, he sits Jack down and Rebecca, who just she's 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 got nothing. Broken. She's so broken, and he explains to them in a way that like I was crying when I watched that episode because the way he explains it to them is it's just so. No one gave that back to him. The therapist never said, you know, I understand you hold yourself responsible and you put yourself in this your mind in this prison, but there's nothing that you could have done. You know, no one, see, that's kind of why in this kind of movie, you know, that, that's kind of why I thought so highly of uh, the Ben Affleck basketball. What was that? The, um, the way back. Yeah. When he finally sits down with the therapist, the entire movie, and there's like that very, and you just see Ben is front and center, which is, which is something to always pay attention to because nothing is ever middle of the frame in a film. It's on the left or the right. But he's front and center. The camera's dollying into him you know, for, for, for like a minute and a half. And he's talking about the horror that is watching his son have these spasms and just becoming weaker and weaker in a hospital. Yeah. And it's just – it breaks your heart. That's what I was expecting and we didn't get it. Not that every movie like this has to have that scene. But when you're dealing with a movie with – I mean a writer wrote this. So he went the extra length to make sure that we knew that they lost a child. So I just expected some kind of – we never went that last emotional mile, which I think would have made this movie a little better. Okay. 
Um, I say that in a weird way because we never, I mean, without, what's the, what's the phrase? Then the night's always darkest before the dawn. Sure. I mean, that's a phrase that we all know. And like, I, so am I making, or do you not agree with, do you agree with me? Or do you say that maybe I'm being a little too overzealous or overcritical? Well, of this see, I, I don't know because like dealing with what these characters deal with in this movie, like there is no right or wrong answer for them. You know, they're in the long haul trying to pick up the pieces and yeah, in the cliche thing that it's always darkest before dawn, I understand that because you have to hit bottom before you can come back up. Like that's that's all that that is. And now in this movie, you see Chris O'Dowd's character, uh, Jack, gets pretty close what you think is the bottom and then it just gets worse for him. Because we find out not only, you know, did his daughter pass away and the reason he tried to kill himself because he was already suffering from undiagnosed depression. And, you know, one of the things that really comes full circle in this movie, it's it's not so much about um, Melissa McCarthy's here. I don't, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her name off the top of my head. But not so much about her in the stupid-ass bird Lily. as it is as them trying to, you know, get back to some part of what they used to be. And it takes a lot for them to get there. And the movie, the movie does an okay job and that's, that's it. It never does a great job at anything, but there is definitely emotion here. It's just never quite enough to push it over where it could have been like an all time, like, wow, damn, that was a really good movie. You know, like I don't think it ever hits that point. Like there are some moments here or you could this definitely emotional, you know, like when at the end when he's in his group therapy session and he finally, finally starts to turn the faucet to open things up. You know what I mean? After goddamn being there a year, you know yeah. what I mean? Like a self-imposed prison, which I mean, yeah. again, I totally get. Yeah, well, I I get it. I get it a hundred percent. And and then to watch it, but this movie never really takes you much farther past that where it could have gotten a lot deeper. And I don't know if it's, it would have been better or worse if it had, but when I, when I watched this movie, like I didn't, I didn't hate this movie. Like I guess I had planned to with a 20% Rotten Tomato score. Um, now listen, I don't think it's great by any means, but I definitely think it, there's, there's something that could have been better here. But you know, if you're into a journey of like healing and things like that, like this movie is, it'll work for most people. So well, the seventy-four percent would certainly indicate that a lot of people didn't think it was bad, which no. is which is fine. I mean, I get to me, it's it's like deceptively bad. It, it, what's it's deceptively good. It's. I think the the worst parts of this movie are the stupid parts with the bird. Well, you know what I mean. And it was predictable with the bird, which was kind of a letdown. I'm not even sure you could have. You, we didn't even with the bird was completely digital yes and okay. at times it looked good and other times it was like wow yeah, it looked look pretty bad most of the time i'd say um i think you could have done without the 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 the, the starling i mean the, the fact that she has to wear the football helmet while she's out in the garden that's that's funny for like one like one, one time yeah. yeah like one scene and then like when she's climbing the ladder i get that um well, well, I mean, the, the whole football helmet thing came back in the end when they're when they they acted like they were going to be able to join them. Like, could have done that. It would have been a nice callback without doing it like three quarters of the time. <laughs> I, I I agree with you that I mean, I guess I expected that movie to go a different way. Um, what really was kind of 
what really was kind of like, I was like, I had my hands up over my eyes, like, oh my, is this really happening? Is And as part of the, part of Chris O'Dowd's Jack's healing is when he's trying to like, he's trying to play with the kids in the, when oh, it's like, yeah, that was like that family was time. Well, it was great at first and then it got cringy real quick. Yeah. Because he was trying to recreate whatever he had with his daughter and he was trying, I mean, I get that. And like, you know, we had to have that scene where he was getting better for a minute and then he got bad before he can get better again. And, you know, that's just simple movie formula. I get that. Um, so well, let me ask you this, Roger. What was your take on the pills? I mean, he just wasn't taking his medication. So, and then, and then are we to believe that he started again after after that incident with the kids in the yard? I would believe as he had like his little moment of reflection when I legitimately thought he might try to commit suicide again, um, that I think he had an eye-opening experience after that and decided that he was, it was time for him to finally take a step forward. It's, it's either it was going to end right there or he was going to move past it and it, he moved past it. So I guess, I mean, a little bit, I think you're right. I mean, that's, that's probably, I mean, that's why it was in there. It's just, Oh man, I the thing about this movie is it has so many good pieces. It just they never quite fit the puzzle there, piece. That yeah, there are some go great in. individual parts that never quite add up to. That's something that's that that's the starling. Is like it's and I get why people think it's good, and I don't fault anyone for. It's not that when I say that I'm not saying oh you idiot, it's not good. I'm like I can understand why someone would like this. I can understand why someone wouldn't like it. I totally get that. Um, it's. I think people tend to, you know, equate, you know, dark and emotional with good. And that's not always the case. Yeah, emotional and emotionally tough does not necessarily mean good. I mean, listen, we watched a dark emotional movie a while ago with, um, what was it, The Pieces of Me, the... um, Oh, the the Netflix movie. Yeah, with Vanessa Kirby and... Who's the guy in that? Is that Shyla? Oh, yeah, Shia. Shia, yeah. Shia. Like that movie is goddamn great. And it's depressing as shit. It is. Like it's sad, sad, sad. I so, don't know why. Come to think of it, that's I mean, people I might I get why people think that because most of the Oscar winners are like depressing ass like like Mudbound. Like not Mudbound's a great movie, but man, you can't watch no, that twice. You, you cannot watch that I've twice. Watched, you know how many times I've watched Mudbound? Once. Once. <laughs> and that was uh, in two thousand like twenty sixteen. Watch it again. I might try to watch that again, like in a year from now. Just I can't. It's just that's that's like a three and a half hour slog. Oh man! All right. So I mean, as we wrap up our conversation about Starling, I'm not quite sure the bird worked. I'm not quite the bird, sure. The, the Starling's the worst part of. The well, uh, well, let's talk about Kevin Klein for a sec. So, sure. She after her first visit to see her husband, who is not in a good place in the beginning, understandably so. The therapist comes out and says, "Please go see a friend of mine. He was a colleague. He's, he's down. He's oh, he's down in your area. Check him out." So she goes to check him out, and it's Kevin Klein, and he is a veterinarian, <laughs> Doctor Larry, <laughs> Doctor Larry. And she goes, "That's a bitchin'. Oh, what you say? That's a bitchin' rap name. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Larry DVM. That's a bitchin' rap name. He and he's like, I, I don't, don't rap, rap. I don't rap yeah. much. Immediately fires back. I don't rap. Yeah, um, and." I love Kevin Klein. Yeah, he's he's great. great. He's in one of my favorite movies. What's um, the Emperor's Club when he's teaching Latin to a bunch of kids? Um, that's a great movie. I run. I, I oddly enough, I can't find that movie anywhere to purchase. I mean, I can find the DVD on eBay, but I can't find it to purchase or like streaming. No one, no one has. I think there's like definitely some 
some rights with that that have been, I've been looking for that for a while. And it's, you know, anyway, but so he's, Kevin Klein really kind of excels in the role that he's in, where he's like the older mentor giving advice. He plays that role quite a bit. And that's kind of, I feel like that's where Kevin Klein kind of lives, especially now as he's an older guy in Hunt Hollywood. I feel like that's, Kevin Klein, I think to me, was one of the brighter spots of this movie. I think Kevin Klein's talent was wasted in this movie. And I say that with a heavy heart because, again, I don't think this movie is atrocious. However, it didn't, I don't think the script used the assets that it had to the greatest effect that it could have. I don't know if it, um, if he's wasted. I just think I, I would have preferred a little bit more of him. Sure. But what I'm glad we didn't get is, you know, going diving into why he quit being a therapist. Like I lost a child or I'm, I'm, I'm glad we didn't get that. Yeah. Because that would have been, I think a road too far. I just, I, I can't in the movie that's already kind of very emotional. I think that would have just been way too much. And you know what I'm talking about, because there's there's a definitely a point where they could yeah. have done that. Sure, I get so, you. But I like him in that role. He's pretty funny when talking about the animals. <laughs> you know, he's actually very – the, the script in many parts is very clever when it comes to Chris Klein with the with the comments about animals don't talk back versus patients. You know, some of those some of those quips are actually kind of funny. So I, I like that part of it. Um, all right, let's move to score this. This isn't the movie of the week. Um I'll, I'll go first okay so the starling i went into it not quite knowing what it's about because it is a netflix movie and you know we don't unless you seek it out you don't see the trailer so i definitely wouldn't have chosen the starling on the same week as dear evan hansen because they're both kind of incredibly heavy material um but that's i didn't know that but going so watching starling i don't think it's nearly as bad as you know giving it a two or a three i, I think a four or somewhere between a four and a five Probably, you know, a four and a half is where it sits. Unfortunately, it's not – I don't think it earns the five, but I think it's better than a four. Okay. Uh, well, so I don't feel too far off. I was given this movie a straight five. Uh, I think it's average. I think there could have been something better here. It just never really crosses the goal line. Um, it just doesn't quite get that far. So I think a uh, five is pretty good. I think I would probably recommend this to some people. Um and I think most people I recommend it to would think it was an okay movie. Yeah, I think okay is where it sits. I think most people would be happy with the with the viewing of this. It's not. I don't think it's too overly. How long is it? I don't think it's very long. Uh, it was like one forty five. It wasn't. That's not too bad, really. Uh, okay, so um, that is a Starling. Check it out. It's on Netflix. You can watch it for free. Again, an advantage you have with Netflix is turn it on for twenty minutes. If you don't like it, go do something else. I mean, sure. That's certainly an advantage to Netflix. All right, now the movie of the week. Dear Evan Hansen, a movie I've been supremely excited about for weeks and weeks and weeks. I love emotional stuff. I love musicals. Unfortunately, with a heavy heart, it fails on both those <laughs> both those fronts. <laughs> oh man, he there it is. He got he, so sad the dog yelled at him. He also thinks that same. Elvis also thinks the same thing. His name is Elvis. Elvis. Elvis, yes, Elvis my good. man. So okay, we have Dear Evan Hansen, the Tomato Meter. 31%. So a, a, a little better than the Starling. And the audience score is a whopping 88%. Wow, really? That's just 12% off of 100. <laughs> Do you understand that? All right. So that's how basic math works. I get it. So, uh, yes. but Dear Evan Hansen has some major problems. Yeah. I will say, let me get some, some particulars out of the way. Uh, man, oh, man. 
So Dear Evan Hansen, as you know, is a is a musical that was converted to is adapted for the screen. One of my big gripes is I think one of the overall things I can say about this movie before I get into particulars is this movie is I'm I imagine much better on stage than it is. So this, this story is much better on stage. Well, you're looking at all the particulars. So this movie is very long, like very long. You think it's longer as a musical or shorter? I think it's a little longer. It's 131 minutes. Yeah. So that's that's a long time for a, a that's movie. A lot of movie. It's a lot of movie. It's over two hours. So all right. Directed by Stephen Chbosky, which he's done some interesting stuff in the past. I think, oddly enough, out of out of a handful of directors that, that I would have chosen to direct this movie, he's probably one of the you know I would have narrowed down to. He's probably one of the top three I would have picked. Um, I, so I don't think it's anything wrong with his. He's pretty good. He does a lot of those teen like dramatic movies. You know, um, I think he did Perth the Wallflower. I can look him up even. But I mean that that kind of slides right into the conversation though of um, it just I just think it's 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 the material that is the problem here. I don't think it's the direction that's the problem, and that I, that's something I can't really say a lot of because the direction is like you can tell when the direction is really off or it's really on. But to me, this is kind of like it's there, it's fine, it's nothing's wrong with this direction. So just as a little thing, so as a as a director. So he helmed. Oh, so he did Wonder. You remember that movie with uh, yeah. Owen Wilson and the Augie, the little boy who yeah. uh, just didn't look like a normal boy. Uh, the Perks of Being a Wallflower. So he's, you know, he's had his hand in a couple of these good movies. You know, good emotional, you know, kind of teen-based thing. He he wrote the screenplay for The Beauty and the Beast. Uh, what else? Uh, screenplay for Rent. Which is, I mean, that's like Rent is, if anything, right up, musical. Yeah, I mean, Rent's right up this alley. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's got his his chops in this kind of thing. So, Benjamin Platt, 27 year old Benjamin Platt, is, <laughs> is playing, you know, 17 or 18 year old Evan Hansen. Amy Adams, Cynthia Murphy. I have a big asterisk to her as well. Caitlin Deaver, I think, is one of the best parts of the movie. We love her. She's great as Zoe. Julianne Moore, who I think, steals almost every scene she's 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 in as Heidi uh, Amanda Steinberg as Elena Beck um, Nick Dodani as Jared Colton Ryan as Connor Roger what is dear Evan Hansen about all right for our <laughs> second comedic venture of the day dear Evan Hansen is a movie about teen suicide it is very much about that is certainly high on the list. Um, Dear Evan Hansen is an unfortunate series of events that Evan Hansen is a, is a teen who just has crippling anxiety, just crippling. He can't yeah, talk bad. to people. He, I mean, it's just, it's off the charts bad. Um, as you know, some teens probably, you know, more, more teens than I would imagine admit have crippling anxiety. And I, again, going through high school, I get that. High sure. school High school is for many people, the worst, the worst time of their life. <laughs> just, oh man, throwing a bunch of prepubescent or adolescent teens into one, oh my, horm- raging hormones into one school for, it's just never going to be a good thing. But so he has given, he's given an assignment by his therapist to write a letter to himself every day, explaining it's going to get better. And he's, he's, he's heavily medicated. He's doing this. And Connor um, is, a boy in his class who is having also major problems with 
anxiety, talking to people, making friends. He's just something, he's just chemicals off with him. Yeah, I believe that he also has an addiction to drugs. Well. Yeah, he's a major drug addiction. He grabs Evan's note to himself, which details a little bit of information about his sister and thinks that Evan is making fun of him. Yeah. That he printed it off for him to find to make fun of him. Evan tries to get it back. It's just a series of unfortunate events. Connor takes his own life that night and has the, only, the letter in his pocket. The only thing of value in his pocket that I or, or I shouldn't say value identifier of any kind is Evan's letter. So his of course Connor's parents think that he wrote this letter to Evan as one of his dear friends. Uh, and then Evan doesn't correct them, kind of steals the spotlight with the morning and getting everyone's pity. And, you know, he kind of uses the tragedy to get the life he wants, which, you know, a lot of people would say is pretty despicable. It's pretty shitty. It's it's not pretty despicable. It is one of the most shitty things you could probably do at that age, um, if not if not the shittiest. And that's kind of where we where – we, that's the movie of Dear Evan Hansen. It is – one of Dear, the Evan things Hansen, I, Dear Evan Hansen is a litany of progressively bad decisions. Yeah. I mean, so that's of course. Dear Evan Hansen. And, and – Yes, I've heard. Yes, I've heard about a million people. He doesn't look like a teenager. Yes, thank you. However, producers definitely took that into account, but his voice is top of the market. Yeah, he's great. Ben Platt is an excellent performer. He, you know, I think he's in the original Dear Evan Hansen run. Um, I could be wrong about that. Um, I think he is, though. But he, uh, his voice is incredible. So I guess the producer, I mean, Roger, as a producer, when you're faced with casting him as a teen Evan versus, ah, maybe not look so good versus his voice, what do you do? Um, you, you know, probably make the same know. decision. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know because we get yeah. people in their 20s playing high school kids all the time. The question I will ask before we get too far into this, right, is this movie being a musical necessary? Oh, that's a question I was asking myself about partway through. I don't think – as a matter of fact, I think a lot of the musical numbers hurt this narrative. Well, so the very first musical number where they come into school I think is very well done. The choreography is great. You know, uh, the song itself is pretty good. And it, it was kind of like, wow, that's kind of neat. And, you know, you start to think that, hey, this might be part of it all the way through the movie. There is only a few instances of actual parts of a musical here, right? There's only, what, four or five actual songs? Well, well, there's more than that. There's, I think there's like <laughs> like six or seven. But... Mm, I don't what's, know, man. What's, well, no, there, there are several. I mean, I've, there are several songs. Um, you know, I could... One when they're entering school, one when Connor and him are talking about the emails, one when she goes to his house, only us. Um, Julian Moore sings one. The parents of the – there's like six or seven at least, and I'm forgetting several. Um, but what's interesting about this is uh, it's kind of fourth wall breaking if you think about it. But So instance, there's a moment where Connor's parents invite Evan over – for dinner and just hoping that they can tell him some good things about their son, good memories. Their son was very troubled. They don't have many good memories. Of course his mother does, but the father's kind of on the other side. And of course the sister, Caitlin Diva's character doesn't, 
she just like my brother was a complete asshole. I get it. Um, and so he 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 breaks in the song talking about you know the the, the day in the park that they had, which is all made up. But right, there's, there's six total. So, okay, six. I was right about six. I thought there might have been one more than that. But so when they sing the songs, it's actually like he's talking. Yes. So it's like he's sitting at the table talking, although for us, he's walking around the table singing, and they're following him as like an NPC would in a video game. But yes. as far as the story's concerned, their characters are concerned, he was he's sitting at the table. Singing. He was yep. sitting and talking, which, again, <laughs> do you need the musical aspect of this movie? You know, if the, if, but I mean, then it's like the catch 22. The content doesn't exist without the musical part, but you don't really need the musical because the content yeah, I just, exists. I just don't think it's necessary. You know what I mean? I, just, I, I don't either. And I unfortunately never saw – I mean I like seeing musicals. Whenever they come to Pittsburgh, I'll go watch one. And I have time and there's one in my I've city. I've been to several musicals and I, I actually have had some really great times. Oh, of course. Of course. And I, excellent, I, excellent times. I very, love very musicals. And in the past week, I've been listening to Dear Evan Hansen pretty much nonstop at work. I love the soundtrack. Uh, I love Ben Platt. I, I think he's great. I just when I when I watched this movie, I was <clears throat> before we dig into it. Just when I watched this movie, I was kind of asking myself halfway through, like, did this need adapted? Yeah, no. this doesn't. It doesn't adapt well, if you ask me. Now, <clears throat> because I think just, it would have adapted better without the music. I just I think the story could have been adapted fine. I think you're right, and I think the music would have been if they kept it down to like two or three numbers, it would have been better. Maybe letting you know him singing because. The whole thing, of course, is based on the is based on the "You Will Be Found" song. Yes, when he, which is incredible. Don't get me wrong; it, it, it is. It's you know, it's it's incredible. I mean, they could have done that one, and then maybe two others. Maybe the Julian Moore singing to her son because that's so thematically important. He that thinks, was a good one. Well, he thinks he's nothing. He thinks you know, like I because of course there, there's a big revelation at the end of this movie that if you haven't seen the the, the musical. It's actually one of those, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Now, hold on. Did you see that coming, Roger? The, the big twist in the end? No. With 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 the tree? No. You didn't I see mean, it coming? Well, so I didn't see that in particular coming, but it definitely looked like it was leading down a road where something bad was going to happen to this kid. Well, you of course, I mean? but I mean, that's the whole thing was <clears throat> when you finally realize what he, why he went to the park that day, that's... I think very interesting. So, you know, Evan Hansen is a kid who thinks he has zero value. He can't talk to anyone. And so like that song with his mom singing to him about how much she loves him and how, how, how much the father leaving wasn't his fault. That, that, that's yep. also a very important song. I think, you know, sure. that's, I mean, if you're going to walk away from a message with this movie, you know, you're, you're not alone, which will be found gives, give gives you, you know, Parents breaking up and one leaving isn't the kid's fault. That's, I think, another message that should never be understated because kids really do think it's their fault. Absolutely, they do. And maybe one other one. I think it would have. I think you're right. I think it would have benefited from less musical numbers and more, and more dramatic acting in the scenes. Because one thing this movie suffers in a movie where there's a teen suicide and it's about everyone around this kid kind of dealing with it, the emotional aspect this movie i think is what suffers the most yeah i mean you didn't you 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 definitely did not expect me to say that did did you no not necessarily but i mean you know i watch this movie so i understand what you mean um 
it's like the story here could have been dark and depressing and it, it's pretty dark and pretty depressing, but it, it goes a different direction. And I think it never really gets um, as emotional as it could have, because listen, like I definitely was like, okay, I get why this is upsetting and sad and, you know, shed a tear or two because it, it's pretty strong in some points. But what infuriated me about this movie is the amount of terrible life decisions people make, right? Of course. Like, I get it. It's a movie or it's a thing where it's like one lie turns into two lies, turns into a hundred thousand different terrible decisions. (laughs) hundred thousand. And by the end of this, like... at like the hour and a half mark, which is basically halfway through this movie, okay, or a little more than halfway through this movie, I was like, I know what's going to happen, or I had a pretty good idea what's going to happen. Now, it didn't go exactly the way that I thought it was going to, but it comes pretty goddamn close, and that pissed me off, because I'm not saying it wasn't predictable, because it's not overly predictable, but there is no surprise in this movie that's understated. There is no real you know, message in this movie besides, listen, help people if you can help people. That I understand. Um, and then there's like the little mini redemption thing he does to try to really bring stuff home for people. Um, I get that. It's well, you see, like- I get where you say the movie went in a different place. There, there's a point in this movie where like it's focused on, you know, Evan's kind of popularity and... You know, that's not where I expected to go. And I'll tell you why. is because the one character that kind of kept bringing this movie back to me was this class president. I forget her name. She's been – she is fantastic though. Yeah, she's great. Uh, oh, she is Amanda uh, – Amanda Stenberg. Stenberg. She is we, – we watched her in The Hate You Give. Remember that movie maybe a year yep. and a half ago? Uh, she's great, man. She is fantastic. And she's also in this movie, I think, Where Hands Touch – where she and a, a Nazi officer in World War II uh, fall in love. And she, anyway, she's great. Um, and her character actually was the one that made me furious because she's a – well, Evan's character – okay, so Evan has crippling anxiety – and his look, his wait is that his cousin or is that like a family friend? I don't it's know. like a like a like a family relation, so they're not quite family, but what sort of like family. You a, know what a piece of crap that kid is. I mean, eh, but you but you know what though? He's a teenager. So I, I, yeah. I thought for a long time that he was going to be the reason. You know, like you know, uh, um, very similar to Love Simon, where he outed, you know, things and held it over him. He never did that. Listen, is he a good person? No, not really, but he's not that bad. Well, right? the thing about that is, um, no, he's, he, he's, he's, not, I mean, he's a teenager. He's a typical, you know, when Evan is trying to reach out to him, he's just on his phone. I, I mean, and they go to great lengths to show you that they may be family friends, but they're not friends. You know, it's no, just, yeah, I get it. And then it shows you in the end, though, he's really trying to help Evan retract what he, I mean, he's really trying to help Evan get out from this lie. And Evan's the one that keeps taking himself further in. That much I like. It's so in, in the beginning, he can't talk. Evan can't talk to. I mean, anyone. I mean, he can't talk to anyone in the school. Male, female, adult, kid doesn't matter. He can't. I mean, he, crippling anxiety just kills him. And then, like, after the thing has happened, and he's hanging over, and then he, like, two scenes later, he's over at, uh, he's he, he's over at the the Murphy house, just talking to the sister as if it's nothing. Yep. What the hell happened to his crippling depression? Where'd that go? 
His anxiety don't mean nothing when you got the horniness in you, bro. <laughs> but like, where did the, where did that crippling anxiety go? That's my like. Where did that? Where did that? Like two scenes later, it's gone. And then, so Amanda's character, I think that's her. If I'm kind of forgetting the name now, Alana. Her character, yeah. she's a class president. She cares about these, you know, grassroots movements, trying to help. He, she cares about the Connor Project. She cares about all kinds of other projects. Trying to. Help she's people. also suffering from depression and anxiety, which I thought was great. However, it's what her character does. That's what infuriates me because it goes completely against her character. What? Which part are you talking about? When she puts up, when she posts something. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, she kind of does him dirty um, because she's trying to drive to get that that last bit across the the goal line to get the money or whatever. Yeah, it's it's kind of not a great moment. I understand what she was thinking, but man, that's dark. That's super dark. It's 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 out of her character. I mean, it just there's but there, there's all kinds of out of character decision in this movie. Um, I mean, I, the only the, the one character I thought was really it just she made me happy was Julian Moore. And yeah, she's great. How difficult, Roger, was that scene? When they have the the Murphys, Connor's parents, the Murphys have them over, and they're like, "We want to give Colin or Connor's yeah. college money to Evan." And she's how like, no, how di- how difficult was that for you to watch? I mean, um, I mean, it was it was rough um, because again, I get it, I understand. Like, she's prideful, and there's nothing wrong with that. She's proud of what she can do, and that she works hard to do it you know what? It was free education for a kid, which they were going to take back in a little bit anyway. Just saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, once, the, once the truth got out, sure. Yeah. Ooh, buddy. But yeah, I mean, I don't really have a problem with it. I think, you know, she's just a prideful single mom and she was working hard to do what she needed to do. And she looked at it as a slap in the face and their, their whole friction with each other. while unwarranted. I guess I understand it. By the way of, on the same subject of character of actors playing character too old to play the character playing Julian Moore is not young. And boy, you could tell on her face that she is not, she is not the mother of a 17 year old boy. That's for damn sure. Um, and, well, come on. You, it's not, you didn't see it mean. too. Jesus. All right. Now let's talk about what, I mean, else. she's, yeah, she's the parent of a 27 year old, <laughs> <laughs> which is way more accurate. But so let's talk about the one thing in this movie that, I mean, the emotion. Mm-hmm. I want now. So there's a very trying scene when Evan, he's asked to speak at the school assembly for Connor. And of course the whole thing yeah. that Connor signed his cast doesn't help the fact that he's trying to cover up this lane in the beginning. He's like, ah, we weren't friends. Everyone's like, he signed your cast. Of course he's your friend. Um, that I think is one of the best parts of the entire, but that's, that's the best part of the entire movie. That's also the selling point of the movie is that song. Yeah, absolutely. In that performance, and you know, I was, I was, I'm glad I was the only one in my showing. It was a Saturday. It was an 11:55 showing. I was the only one in it. It was at an AMC, big AMC, but I was the only one in there. Oh, my story! I clearly forgot my story, but I, I have a large Coke and nachos. I decided to go all out for this one. Oh, I wow. was, I was crying so hard at that moment. I had to stop. I had to stop eating my nachos and my <laughs> drinking my drink. <laughs> That's, that's the part that got me. I, I, I knew I was not going to make it through this movie without crying because it's just it's just who I am. I'm, I'm a movie crier. So, so, so are you. But I'm you know. a movie crier. I did cry during this movie. Um, I didn't. I didn't like put down my nachos though. Did did I, you did you have nachos? No, I had popcorn. There you go. I, okay, I ate through it. 
teach his own. But I was, man, oh man, I was a wreck because that is a great scene because it's it's the message that I love. Not so much the content of what's going on, but like, I mean, you can't watch that movie and at some point, even for 10 seconds, think about or, or try to remember your, your, your high school experience and those kids that maybe you probably should have paid a little more attention to that were struggling with friends, had no friends, you know? Sure. It's a very human emotion to, to, to think when, when things trigger thought. You think back and it's just, man, oh man, I just, it's such a powerful moment that that scene is so powerful that, I mean, that is the movie, you know, that is Dear Evan Hansen is that particular scene. And so, I mean, that's where I was crying, but it's just, I, I knew I wasn't going to make it through unscathed. I knew I was not going to make that movie without crying. But as far as other emotion, I don't, it just wasn't there for me. And without Caitlin Deaver, this movie would have been completely devoid of emotion, except that one scene I just talked about. The one person that let me down, and maybe you have a different take on this, because I thought she was going to be up to the task, was the mother, Amy Adams. Yeah. I expected I mean, more I don't think her. they use her very well. They definitely don't. Um, the father, I think, was one that surprised me with with his. Emotions. Yeah, listen, when he's talking about like baseball and stuff, and you know how he tried to do everything like that, that hit home. You know, like I felt that you know he was a stepdad and he tried very hard, you know, to take on everything and be the best person he could for him, and he felt like he let him down, and I get that. I just didn't get it from Amy Adams, and I thought that would have been a. Amy Adams is, you know, nominated, Academy nominated. She's good. I just yeah, she's great in most things. I mean, it could have just been the script. You know, her lines, her part wasn't there. And I mean, but wouldn't I mean? And I get that. I've I've even I've even seen that argument on Reddit. But wouldn't as a screenwriter of a movie where a seventeen-year-old boy or an eighteen-year-old boy takes his life, wouldn't you expect the mother to be one of the most emotional people of of the the mother of the boy to carry one of the most emotional burdens of the I think she's here to drive story, you know, because she does a good job pushing it forward, but it just didn't really work, you know. It just, it didn't, and it's just, I guess I don't know what I was expecting from this movie. I think I was so excited for Ben's Platt's vocal performance. I've been listening to the soundtrack for weeks. I've been so excited for this movie. I like emotion. We all know that. I harp on this movie. I harp on that a lot. You know that. Yeah. But for me to be, I think, as disappointed in this movie as I am, I think that speaks to because like I'm the target audience for only I feel like people who people who are emotional like me, we're the target audience. But let me ask you this, Roger, is a question sure. we've been asking. And I don't think you need to ask it for the Starling, but who was the target audience for Dear Evan Hansen? I don't know. I was trying to think that too, and I'm not sure. I mean, obviously musical people, that's a given. Parents with school age children. I mean, anyone who likes musicals, obviously, anyone who performs in them or sings. But, like, what age demographic are you shooting to most get? I don't know. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you either. And you'd think as a movie that revolves around high school, you'd think that'd be an easy answer. But I don't think it is an easy answer. No. Which just doesn't... Is, I don't know. It's kind of startling, but... All right. Well, what... Besides the obvious errors, what before we move the score, what didn't you like about this movie, Roger? Tell me that. Well, it's like there is something here. I, I honestly think I don't think the the music is even necessary, even though some of it's very very well done. Okay, uh, I think the story itself could have been there. Like I said, this movie pissed me off so much, which is decision, decision, decision. That is bad, bad, bad. And you know what? 
when it blew up, it blew up better than I thought it was going to. You know what I mean? You mean is in, that fair in, to say? In Evan's face, you mean? Yeah, I think so. But the but the emotion that should have been there with the family wasn't. No, and you know? I don't know. Maybe we don't deserve it. <laughs> oh, sure. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I feel like you 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 do. I think the, the the music is though it's well done. I think a lot of it wasn't needed. I think you could have easily done this with three or less. Maybe four. I definitely wouldn't have done six. I definitely would not have done six. And it's too long. It's overly long. Yeah, there was a point in this movie where I, I looked at my watch. I'm like, wow, this movie's over two hours long. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, yeah, you looked at your watch and said, shit, I still have another 15 minutes to go. Yeah. Blah. I think it ends in a weird spot. I, I mean, it's just characters betray each other. Scenes betray other scenes. I think the movie's got some massive problems. Yeah. I don't think the music's the problem. I no, the music's anything. fine. The Ben Platt kid's fine, besides the fact that he's thirty. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just okay. Julianne so Moore is fine. Um, she's better. She's better than fine. I think she was. I think she was the. She was the performer of this movie. But yeah, that's really about it. So if we move to score it, I, as an overall package, I'm looking at this. I have to give Dear Evan Hansen a three. Buddy. And God trust damn. me, I wanted to give this movie a nine. And you all know I wanted to give this movie a nine. Yeah. So yeah, this probably hurts your soul. It does indeed. Uh, I think three is probably a little lower than what I'm going to go. I was going to stick in right about a four. Um, when I watched the Starling, I didn't honestly expect it to be better than Dear Evan Hansen, and it was to me. Um, the thing with Dear Evan Hansen, like there is a story there that didn't have to be a musical. The musical parts are fine. They just don't feel like they really fit into the movie. And it's just, I look at this, the the story behind, you know, about depression and teen suicide, and there is something there, and this movie just doesn't deserve it. So, a four. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, given the subject matter, too. But, I mean, it's also done no money in the box office. I mean, it's just, all around, people just, I guess, knew this movie was a turd, unfortunately. I don't want, I mean, I want every movie to be, you know, if I have to spend 131 minutes in a movie theater, I want it to be good. That's, that's our motto. I mean, I mean, I want every movie to be Oscar nominated and a ten. But you want, like, that is not. You wanted to sweep the Oscars. <laughs> you to sweep. I'm telling you, King Richard's going to do Gangbusters. But uh, unfortunately, I think you, you said know, sweep. <laughs> okay, fine. No, I'll, I'll go with sweep. I, I'll bet you it wins at least two awards. Listen, least I, I two. hope it's going to be Oscar bait, and I hope it gets something good. But you know. Sweeps a strong statement. <laughs> yeah, probably. But I mean, I'm I'm a I'm an emotional guy, so I say stuff like that. All right, this has been episode 246 of For the Love of Cinema. Each we'll try episode. to be better next week. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that should be our motto. That should that should be the end of our motto. We'll try to be better for the love of cinema. We just hope it doesn't suck, and we'll be better next week. <laughs> we'll try to be better. <laughs> no no guarantees on that. <laughs> All right. Each episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Please check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I'm at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook. We have uh, always have a presence there posting news stories and trailers and all kinds of goodies if you're a – I posted a lot of stuff about Bond recently. That if you're a Bond fan, you would you would find some of those some of those articles really really well done. I mean, Daniel Craig. There's an interview with Daniel Craig about his experiences with Bond. I just I find that stuff very fascinating. One last uh, ride, baby. One last ride. Well, that's what he's been saying for the past two and two or three movies. 
Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week is a big week, everyone. We're taking a look at Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. And the Many Saints of Newark. Those are some big movies that have, you know, big, big histories behind them. So Yeah. Like I'm I'm super pumped. You know, hope you know, won't be as depressing probably. So we got that going for us. Mm-hmm.